Hello, boxing fans around the world. Thank you for joining me once again here on Talk and Fight for another episode of Boxing News Today. Indeed, it was uh, been a tumultuous past couple of days, that's for sure. Uh, we've seen some great action in Las Vegas. Uh, but let's start off with uh, a fight that took place in York Hall over in London between Caroline Dubois and an opponent, uh, Mexico's Magali Rodriguez. Uh, Dubois won her eighth professional fight uh, following a ferocious 10-round war with the tough and talented uh, Rodriguez. Dubois dominated the scorecards to a unanimous decision victory, as I said, which was held at York Hall and was also shown live on Sky Sports uh, in uh, the UK. After a slow start, however, Dubois started to grow into the rhythm of the fight, and in the third round, she landed some heavy body shots, which hurt Rodriguez. Uh, the blows forced her to defend her torso as well as her head, thereby inadvertently opening up more opportunities for Dubois to land in all areas. Uh, this led to a brutal knockdown in the sixth round, a devastating right hook to Rodriguez's jaw, set up by textbook one-two combination, which allowed the hook to land perfectly. This is uh, just another fine example of uh, the sport of boxing uh, and how it's impacted women and uh, the uh, type of fights that we are seeing now uh, around the world. Uh, ben Shalom, boxer, CEO and founder, said to Sky Sports after the fight, what a performance from Caroline. How Rodriguez got up in the ninth round, I'll never know. Obviously, the lightweight world titles have been held uh, stagnant for a while now. Uh, Katie Taylor has been a star of women's boxing, but Caroline Dubois is the new star of women's boxing, and I'm sure one of the big four sanctioning bodies will recognize that too. Uh, elsewhere on that card, by the way, uh, someone who uh, was featured by Mike Orr on his show Knuckle Up last week, uh, Jimmy TKV. Uh, unfortunately, he, he was uh, on the losing end of a, of a, of a match involving Igor Mercedo. Uh, he suffered a technical knockout in round number six at one minute and 11 seconds. Elsewhere around the world, let's fly over to Las Vegas. The undisputed super middleweight champ successfully defended his world titles by dropping Jermel Charlo on his way to a dominant unanimous decision. And this story comes to us via our friends over at worldboxingnews.net. Uh, the scorecards score read 119-109, 118-109 twice. And it was on a Showtime pay-per-view uh, event uh, from the T-Mobile Arena, as I said, in Las Vegas. Said Canelo, I'm a strong fighter all the time against all the fighters. I'm a strong man. Nobody can beat this Canelo. And that quote I have seen all over social media this weekend and today. So Canelo notched his 60th win in the process, pushing his career uh, record to 62-2 and with 39 knockouts as a pro. And he was dominant from the start to finish using a masterful ring IQ and sublime power. This made him a future Hall of Famer uh, and, and completely disoriented good old Charlo. Charlo now drops to 35-2-1 with 19 knockouts of his own and is now uh, likely going to move down a few weight classes uh, to try and uh, uh, score some interesting matchups, likely against Terrence Crawford. Uh, but uh, Crawford doesn't seem to want any of that uh, now that he's lost. Uh, in, in the uh, co-main event, by the way, uh, uh, we saw uh, top super welterweight contender Erickson Lubin, now 26-2, and two, 
uh, take home a unanimous decision over the previously unbeaten Jesus Ramos Jr., who's now 20-1 and one, uh, after 12 rounds, winning on all three scorecards by 117-111, 116-112, and 115-113. Said Lubin, we went in there to feel him out and box him and beat him to the punch with, count, uh, with counters because of his strength. It was working all night long. I was striking and moving. It was boxing 101. And make sure you tune into our own Neil the Deal show. His show is called Boxing 101, ironically enough. In the pay-per-view opener of that Canelo Charlo fight, by the way, rising middleweight sensation Elijah Garcia emerged victorious via eighth-round technical knockout in an electrifying firefight against Armando Resendez. It was a really hard fight, said Garcia. He's 20 years old, by the way. Resendez is good people. He's really tough. I wish him all the best. This was 100% my toughest fight so far. I left everything I could in the ring. Good for him, as it should be. Uh, by the way, I made mention of Terrence Crawford earlier. Uh, this is what he was posting on social media, and I quote, Congratulations, Canelo. You made the so-called lion look like a baby cub. He went on to say, Okay, y'all. I'm over, Twin Charlo. He's no longer on my hit list. He went out there and laid down and let Canelo spank him like he was his daddy with no type of resistance. Go for it, bud. Uh, uh, now, speaking of uh, Crawford, um, Canelo Alvarez doesn't seem to be nearly as excited or as interested as we fans are when it comes to being a fight uh, made between himself and uh, pound for pounder Terrence Crawford. Ever since uh, Bud spoke about his very real desire to go up 168 and do what has never been done before, we've been calling for a super fight. And that would, in terms of hype, global fans uh, have global fans' interest around the world for sure. Um, but Canelo, happy due to his dominant win over Jamel Charlo, the 12 rounder, leaving Canelo feeling fresh and satisfied. Uh, he's pleased to punch over the way he felt uh, back to his best. Uh, he seems pretty lukewarm in terms of an interest. Uh, uh, in making that Crawford fight. You know, I always say if the fight makes sense, Canelo said, why not? Uh, but Crawford isn't on the plan, you know. Like I say, if it makes sense, maybe, but I don't know right now. Um, for his part, Terrence Crawford, as reported by Alan Fox over in BoxingNews24.com, said uh, he's no longer... Terrence Crawford, he says he's no longer interested in fighting Jermel Charlo either after watching how he lost to Canelo Alvarez. Jamel wasn't willing to put all on the line, take chances, and risk getting knocked out cold by the hard-hitting King Canelo. Once Jamel felt Canelo's power in the first round, he was like, forget this, I'm not letting him knock me out. Crawford isn't saying who he's going to fight uh, to get the mega money now that he scratched uh, Jamel uh, off his list because uh, Bud cannot forget uh, about, uh, oh, he can forget about Canelo, it says, because after all, the Mexican star said last night, he's not in my plans, referring to Terrence Crawford. So that leaves Terrence with potentially a rematch against Errol Spence uh, if he's looking for that massive payday, that's for sure. Um, but um, moving up to 158, Keith Thurman's a good option for Bud at 147. Um, uh, Jerome Boots Ennis um, would be his IBF mandatory. Uh, clearly one of the best fighters in the 147-pound division. Uh, and like many fans, Crawford is disappointed in what he saw from Jamel uh, because he felt he could have shown more effort uh, to win by standing his ground and showing some actual courage. Um, in a, this writer's opinion, Jamel fought passively, 
backing up constantly and letting undisputed super well middleweight champ Canelo control the rounds with his pressure. Wow. So um doesn't say much more about uh who he might end up fighting. Uh, but we'll wait to see who is up next. Have a quick look here at the big fight announcement, though, over the weekend, one that we're all looking forward to finally, involving uh Tyson Fury. As we all know, according to my friends over at ESPN, uh Tyson Fury, he, he's a rare talent, he's definitely uh top of the list when it comes to big names in the heavyweight division uh the one that everyone's looking for um uh, to gain bragging rights among other things if not uh, a fair dollar at the end of the day uh according to mike coppinger tyson fury and alexander Usyk are set to battle for the heavyweight supremacy they signed contracts for undisputed heavyweight championship fight in Saudi Arabia, the dates to be announced, likely December or early January. And this isn't simply a fight for all four heavyweight titles. It's a generational matchup, says Coppinger. Uh, pitting all-time greats in boxing's glamour division, it will be a rare meeting of heavyweights, both ranked in the pound-for-pound -pound top 10 and, of course, in the actual heavyweight division itself. Uh, before he meets his toughest challenge yet, Fury will have to fight former UFC heavyweight champ Francis Nagano. And that's not exactly a guaranteed victory either, even though uh, Coppinger believes it just amounts to a tune-up uh, for the Usyk showdown. So what's at stake? Legacy. Bragging rights uh, as the greatest uh, heavyweight of this era. Fury and Usyk are already headed for the Hall of Fame on the first ballot, but what transpires in the ring will go a long way towards cementing their place on the mythical all-time great heavyweight list. Uh, Fury received ample criticism when the Usyk fight fell apart back in March, only for Fury to sign on for a bout with the MMA fighter a few months later, and now Fury is made good by delivering not one but two marquee heavyweight events months apart. And he can certainly use the Nagano bout as a way to shake off any ring rust and get into peak shape for Usyk, a smaller, faster heavyweight, who Fury often refers to as a cruiserweight, uh, who will look to beat Fury uh, to the punch. So we all certainly look forward to that particular fight. But Eddie Hearn has to chime in, and we can't leave Eddie Hearn out of this conversation, can we? Uh, so according to Charles Brunn, my good friend over at BoxingNews24.com, he says Eddie Hearn is skeptical about Tyson Fury receiving $200 million dollars us from the saudis for his fights with francis nagano and alexander Usyk. hearn thinks fury is getting around 100 million total for the nagano and Usyk fights and the smaller number going for the event against ex-ufc fighter uh fury's promoter bob aram said in an interview that tyson would be getting in excess of 100 million for the Usyk fight in december next thing you know a rumor sprang up about fury making 200 million which is an absurd amount of dough for the crossover fight against boxing novice Nagano and Usyk. Hearn sounded a bit envious when discussing the huge payday that Fury will be getting for the Usyk-Nagano fight, and you can understand why. The massive money deal that Hearn thought he had with the Saudis to stage anti-Joshua versus Deontay Wilder in Saudi Arabia never came through, and now Eddie doesn't know when or where that fight will happen. The money that Hearn thought the Joshua while the fight was going to get uh, from the Saudis has turned out to be an eye-fooling mirage. And he now sounds like he's mourning over the pot of gold no longer being there. 
The Saudis don't seem interested in the Joshua versus Wilder contest any longer, and it's pretty easy to figure out why. It's likely the combination of Joshua's poor performances, dating back all the way to 2019, coupled with his soft opponents in his last two fights. Joshua's record is 2-2 two two in his last four fights, making him a poor candidate uh, for the Saudis to shower him with money for a fight, especially with 37-year-old former WBC heavyweight champ Wilder, who himself has only fought once since losing to Fury in their trilogy contest back in 2021. So, question. Is Fury getting $200 million? What do you think? In one interview, it's $100 million. In another interview, it's $200 million, said Eddie Hearn. When asked if it's true, uh, that higher uh, that Tyson Fury might be getting 200 million. I would say making over 100 million Nagano and Usyk, it's probably 30 and 70, 30 and 80. But I've heard there's a rematch clause, whatever happens. So it's probably plus. Aram said himself that Fury's getting over 100 million. So that's probably the ballpark figure he'll be making for both fights against the 37 year old Nagano and IBF, WB, and WBO champ Usyk. Um, Let's weigh in on the Lee Wood versus Josh Warrington battle that will be taking place uh, this upcoming weekend in Sheffield. Uh, I think I might have reported it was uh, in Nottingham. It's actually taking place in Sheffield, and it's for the WBA featherweight title. Uh, Wood, who's 35, defends the belt for the first time since regaining it back in May uh, when the Nottingham boxer outpointed Maurizio Lara to avenge a stoppage loss to the Mexican who won their first bout in February. Meanwhile, Warrington is aiming to get back into winning ways following a de decision defeat uh, by Luis Alberto Lopez back in December. And with that result, the Leeds fighter lost his IBF title, which he won from old foe Kiko Martinez last March which he previously had held from 2018 to 2019. Uh, prior to the fight, uh, Lopez and Martinez, Warrington actually has his own pair of duels with our in 2021. The 32-year-old was stopped by the Mexican in their last fight, and their rematch ended as a draw due to the clash of heads. Uh, are there other fighters on this card? Yes, there are. Let's have a quick look and see if we can see if their names uh, Wood, Warrington, oh, Terry Harper and Cecilia Breakhouse are on the card. And that's for Harper's WBA Super Welterweight uh, uh, and, and the vacant WBO uh, title. Ah, Hopi Price is going to be fighting uh, Connor Coghill in the featherweight division. Uh, Kieran Conway's on this bill as well, fighting uh, Linus Adulfia. Uh, Junaid Boston against Corey McCulloch. Cameron Vong versus uh, Engel Gomez. And uh, Ruby... Sorry, Kobe uh, McManera versus uh, Francesco Rodriguez in the bantamweight division. Good stuff. I want to uh, quickly mention as well, uh, here in Canada, uh, we had a big fight. Uh, Ryan, uh, the bruiser, uh, Roziki, okay, uh, dethroned NABF cruiserweight champ Alante Bam Bam Green, who's now 10-2-1, seven knockouts out of Cleveland by spectacular 10th round knockout. Uh, that was held in the Hamilton Convention Center in Hamilton, Ontario, uh, in Canada. It was a tough, grueling fight that ended suddenly when the heavy-handed Roziki connected with a devastating left hook that put Green down face-first in the final stanza. Um, Roziki, by the way, who's rated WBC number 8, IBF number 8, WBA number 9, WBO number 9, has now won six straight fights since his only loss as a late sub against Oscar Rivas in the WBC Bridgeweight World title fight. 
So very good stuff out of uh, Canada. And let's conclude this quick episode uh, by a boxing scene story, courtesy of BoxingNewsOnline.net. Um, they say uh, Canelo Alvarez was good, but seeing the return of Jim Lampley was even better. That's their headline. Let me just read you the opening paragraph. You can go to this uh, uh, site to check out any information. Otherwise, let's have a quick look here. Canelo Alvarez quite rightfully dominated the headlines after his one-sided victory over Jermel Charlo at the weekend. But it was the return of true boxing legend that caught the attention of this writer. Jim Lampley's voice is synonymous with some of the most memorable fights in mo modern boxing history thanks to his peerless run as a commentator on HBO. When the broadcaster pulled out of boxing entirely in 2018, Lampley, too, withdrew from the sport. That was until this weekend when he called the Charlo fight for pay-per-view.com, uh, called a fringe streaming platform that features a live chat function on his broadcast. And Lampley did what he does best. He calls fights with unbridled passion, eloquence, and knowledge. But his talents are wasted on such a platform, said that particular writer. Ooh. Canelo Charlo was a Showtime pay-per-view in the U.S. and picked up by DAZN in the U.K., neither of whom have tapped the talents of Lampley in the five years since HBO chopped off its boxing arm. And there you have it, fight fans. All the news fit to print. Thanks for joining me once again here on uh, Talk and Fight. Appreciate it very much. Remember to like, share, subscribe, hit that notification bell. We'll see you later on at 4 p.m. Eastern time when I join Mike Gore on his show, Knuckle Up. Thank you.